come right out of uh, deer season. And even during deer season, I'm thinking turkeys. You know, even when the turkeys are walking by, I'm like, oh, man, I, I wish I was down on the ground. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hoyt Bowhunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris, and I've got Hoyt Pro Staff Manager Evan Williams with me. And today we are talking to Andrew Gu from Gone Wild Outdoors. How's it going, Andrew? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're, we're doing, doing pretty good. good. Thanks for having busy, me. Busy week. Excited. Yeah, super busy week. Um, we got turkey season coming up, and you were one of the guys that immediate came, immediately came to mind when it comes to talking gobblers. Um, you're a turkey freak. <laughs> I am a turkey freak. That's a good way to put it. It's... <laughs> I'm, I'm itching at the bit. It's already March and, uh, you know, I'm ready. You come right out of uh, deer season and even during deer season, I'm thinking turkeys, you know, even when yeah. the turkeys are walking by, I'm like, oh man, I, I wish I was down on the ground, you know, hunting them instead of being up in a tree stand as bad as that sounds. But I constantly think turkeys all the time. I can't get enough of it. Well, man, when I'm, when I'm looking at your, uh, you know, your Gone Wild Outdoors Instagram page and your logo with that cougar. I always yeah. remember that it, it is a very distinctive logo, super cool logo. Thank um, you. And, uh, and when I look down through there and I see, you know, there's always shots of you turkey hunting and some really creative and artistic turkey shots. Matter of fact, we at some point during this, we probably ought to talk about how to take a good photo of a turkey because yep. you're good at it. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I look at it and, man, you are obviously a uh, Brooks Johnson and Keith Beam disciple. Um, you you look just like the old Double Bull boys in there. <laughs> what was the name of the series that they had? Um uh, on the ground, on the ground. on the ground, on the ground. Yep. And then um, my, my first series was in the shadows, in the shadows. In the that sh was my first DVD in the shadows. Yep. Cause you always want to stay in the shadows hunting those birds. Well, and Ugh. I mean, you're, you're, you are blacked out. You, you look just like the old days. And those are, in my opinion, Brooks and Keith are the guys who revolutionized bow hunting turkeys they absolutely they, did those are oh, some, without a doubt those are the yeah. first two that i started watching after uh you know deciding to put down the gun and just chase turkey solely with a bow and uh i was like how are these guys doing it yeah and i watched all their videos you know front to back and and just try to mimic everything because I didn't I didn't have anyone to teach me. I'm I'm self taught, and we can get into that from the first bird I shot up till now. Sure. Uh, I didn't have anyone take me out and say, "Here, this is how you do it." Um, in the turkey woods, every year, that's why I enjoy chasing them so much. Is every year I learn something new about a turkey, yeah. and I, I can't say that about every animal that I've pursued. But turkeys, every time I go, every time I'm out, they teach me something new. And that is that is probably the number one thing I can tell people is uh, the the way you learn how to turkey hunt is to go out and and do it and learn from your mistakes. Well, you know me. You're going to make a lot of them. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. You are. Me and Evan are turkey nuts too. Um, yeah, big time. And it's funny. What's where are you from, Andrew? Um, currently, I'm in Maryland. That's uh, born in and raised here. Okay. So my uh, it's a it's a smaller state compared to other states that I've hunted. So the birds here are, are uh, uh, a lot tougher to, to hunt. 
Right. Um, right. So you uh, you learn how to kill a bird here. You can pretty much, I believe, yeah. go anywhere and, and shoot a bird. A lot of pressure well, here, smaller areas. It's funny. Out here in the West where me and Evan are from, um, turkey hunting took a little bit longer to really get popular, wouldn't you say, Evan? I mean, we, we oh, grew absolutely. up around a lot of people who honestly just here in Western Kansas where Evan was and Eastern Colorado where I am, there was a lot of people that just didn't really care about turkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk Springs to them about shed it. Hunting. Yeah. yeah it was, I, I said that to Evan. I, I was like, you know, I've hunted Nebraska numerous times. Yeah. And I didn't even have a game plan. We just flew out there. We'd land to get in a vehicle and we'd drive the roads until we found a field for birds and go knock on the door. Yeah. And the guy would mm-hmm. be like, help yourself to the birds. Don't touch my deer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yep. and that it, was it, that was how we turkey hunted out there. So it it blew my mind here. You know, you can't get permission like that. That's right. But I mean, back east and in the south, I mean, turkey hunting has been really popular for a very yeah, long time. It was pretty much sure. born in the south. Um, mm-hmm. But out here in the in in the west, you know, growing up, a lot of people treated turkey hunting like oh, no different than a pheasant or something like that. There wasn't really a science to it. Um, they didn't, they just really didn't care about it. And when I first started getting into it, um, what really hooked me was that uh, I, I feel like any animal, be it a turkey or be it an elk or anything else that tells you, here I come, here I come, here I come before you see it is capable of just melting you down. And Mm -hmm. I've been, man, I've been in a blind with some veteran hunters who weren't necessarily turkey hunters. And I was out with them on their first turkey bow hunt. And I have sat there and we've had a video camera going and you can listen to these guys as these gobblers are getting closer and you can hear their breathing. Just go. (sighs) 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 And I mean, they're just, these are guys who have taken a, taken a, a ton of really good big game animals and this turkey just melts them. And that excitement to me is what absolutely addicted that's, that's, me to it. Well, and especially when you're on the ground in a blind and they're locating for you and all of a sudden you hear one spit and drum yes. and it's, it's on the side or behind you. It wasn't even the one that was locating for you. And all of a sudden he's right there brushing up against the blind coming in from behind you and you're caught off guard. Well, that's it. Oh, there's, there's, I am horrible there's, with birds. Yeah. Those old <laughs> birds. Sometimes those old birds that they, they're tight lipped and, and for a reason. And then yeah. all of a sudden they hammer off, you know, 15 yards behind you and yeah. you about come out of your seat. Oh, your and, heart uh, about comes out of your chest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's it usually it it used to get me shook up quite a bit watching them come in, but I've got my mindset now and sometimes it's hard to do, but it it usually hits me afterwards where I can't control them. Like I I get that rush and that shake, but uh once right. I start know they're coming in, it's it, I try to flip that switch, but sometimes it's really hard to. Yeah. You know? Well, and especially again, they come in from the right angle. And you're waiting, one, either trying to get the footage, or two, depending on what broadhead you're shooting, you have to get the right angle on that bird. Yeah, absolutely. And if they, if they come in on the wrong angle, I'm not taking that shot, which means I have to watch them longer and just let my heart rate keep accelerating. And <laughs> well, and it's oh, funny. Yeah, the, there's the nothing longer, that tears me down more. The longer you hunt them, the better you are about being reading the bird's body language 
and knowing when to be patient and wait for that shot and when you know you see that wing flip and it's like oh it's over i better i, right. I better sh- shoot now or forever hold my peace you know what i right. mean right and that's that's where spending time out there and understanding bird uh language and stuff that you know when it's time to shoot and that's why bow hunting is is something totally different uh not calling the birds and all that stuff's the same right but it's it's when that bird comes in, you give it time. You, why? What you don't realize is the knowledge that you're learning about that bird while, like Evan said, you're waiting for that shot to present itself. Yep. You're watching a bird work with your decoys, if you're using decoys, and you start to understand different things where a lot of times when a gun hunter comes in or shoots a bird, as soon as it's there, he squeezes the trigger. It's As like, soon as the they can see there, his head. Learn mm-hmm. about that bird. You yeah. know, and it, I try to encourage people. It's like, he's dead to rights. Allow him to keep working. Enjoy the moment because, you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know when you're going to get it again. And uh, it's it's I think it's really neat to 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 watch a bird and just just let him do his thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, once the shot's there, then take it. But like I said, I encourage people to kind of hang in there. Well, why know, don't you and, tell and us a little it. bit about, uh, you know, you were talking about when you made the decision to switch and, and pick up the bow and put down the shotgun. You know, how long ago that was, how you got started into turkey hunting. <laughs> Um, well, I'm trying to remember the, the, the first bird I killed, I believe was early two thousands, I guess. And from there last year was the first year I haven't killed a bird. And I'm not sure if it was, if it was COVID related or just more pressure. I mean, I didn't get to travel several of my hunts were, were canceled. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not a numbers guy. I mean, I, I've killed enough birds you know, that I'm not going to put the number out there, but my first bird I killed, um, I was a teenager. No one, no one showed me how to do it. I was, I was a dating a girl at the time who had birds on their farm and I went to the local oh, Walmart smart, and got, smart man. <laughs> I got like a, well, I didn't know she had birds to hand picked. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I went and got a night and hail. It was a slate call and it actually had a diagram on the front that you actually traced. And, um, so I learned how to, how to call the night before. And I went out there, made a few calls and I was gun hunting, made a few calls. And sure enough, I had five Jake's come in and these were super Jake's. This, after I shot him, I learned he was 21 pound. Oh my uh, gosh. I shot him with a shotgun at, at, uh, 10 steps. Actually the tree that I was uh, leaning against, it was, it was a blow down. And when they, one of the bird that I shot jumped up on a limb and that limb started shaking up and down. It was actually scratching my back. So I'm just, yeah. So I'm just waiting for these, these birds to come around on me and I end up, end up killing a Jake. And then from that point on, I killed a bird every year, multiple birds every year. And, when I decided to bow hunt, um, I, I've been with Hoyt now for 25 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was killing some whitetail, but the turkey industry wasn't really tapped into a whole lot. And I was like, well, and this is kind of the, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, is I started wanting more pictures. You know, I was like, well, how can, it just, as, as a young, as a young archer, young hunter, you want to get more pictures and, and write more stories and get more noticed. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to pick up a bow and I, I love turkey hunting. So I started chasing, chasing birds with a bow and the transition 
was just so I would get noticed more at, at Hoyt, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, and I just love bow hunting so much and it, it extended my season because once deer season was over, unless we were bow fishing for carp or something, um, you know, I'd, I'd put the bow down and, and, uh, and start chasing turkeys with a gun. And I'm like, well, if I can call a bird in to 20 yards or less, there's no difference. Yeah. You know? And that was a long way to get around to why I do it, but it's, it was mainly to extend my, to extend my season. Um, and I just loved, uh, chasing them so much. And, and again, I, I, I did it well with a gun and to be honest with you, I've only killed probably five or six birds with a gun, two with a muzzleloader right. and the other 80 or 90 have been with, with a bow, Holy you know, smokes. more than that. I mean, I'm in, I'm in over a hundred birds with the bow. How long ago was that when you made that transition kind of to the bow? Well, you might've said it, but I didn't catch it. Yeah. I'm about 26 years, 25, 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, man, that was like late nineties or something, or maybe early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, before social media and everything else, we were out there hunting because we enjoyed it. Not, not for the likes. So that was prior to, you know, like, uh, hub style ground blinds that was prior to double bull um uh, yeah yeah i guess it yeah. would be well i know i know they used to use yeah absolutely because they would make those those guys would make those in their in their garage i believe yeah. they would use old electric yeah. fence posts and uh mm-hmm. and uh, and all that but um yeah and i wasn't a ground blind hunter i didn't i didn't hunt in a ground blind i didn't transition to ground blinds uh until i started carrying a camera with me I would hide. Right. I would find right. the biggest tree or the biggest, you know, rock crop I've, I could find and get behind it. And uh, I learned quickly how good a turkey's eyesight was outside of a blind. Oh yeah. And, and so, um, so when you're on the ground without a blind like that, how far away from you are you putting your decoys? Um, I I still put them pretty close. I fifteen yards. Yeah. 10 yards, 15 yards. It's all about the setup when you don't have a blind. I try to put the, I try to put the decoys in, and again, in a perfect world, I put the decoys. If you're sitting there, I'll put them at my like two o'clock or three o'clock. So that way, when that bird comes by, you know, he, his attention is all on that decoy and he'll go right past me. And then it's just a matter of hopefully he's not so aggressive that he doesn't, uh, that he doesn't go into strut. That's the only problem about an upset bird. It's he doesn't go into strut too often. He's but it works as well because they're beating a decoy up like crazy, and you can you can draw back during that commotion. But the ideal uh, ideal thing you would want is that bird to be strutting and have that fan you know block his eyesight. Because mm-hmm. yeah. what people don't realize is they can see behind them too, just as much as in front of them. <laughs> they can it's, see all the way around their head. It is, it yeah. is absolutely amazing. And, and again, the only way I learned that is by setting up and having a bird putt and run away from me, you know, and just when you right. think you're getting the shot and you're like, yeah, I can get away with that. But when you're a deer hunter, you can get away with it sometimes, you know, sure. and it's just a whole different ball game. And during that transition, you got to remember that everything, I mean, guys would always tell me, don't even blink, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's true. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's weird. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to shift your shotgun six inches over to, you know, if, well, if your if your barrel isn't pointed right at the bird, 
just mm-hmm. shifting that barrel over six inches can get you nailed and in, in, in the hunt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Much less drawing a bow and trying and to reveal it, yourself. And it's being disciplined enough. And that's where the commitment comes into bow hunting turkeys. And that's what I try to tell people is you, you got to stay focused and committed. It's that commitment that will allow you to let that bird walk off and have another day for a better setup than risking the shot, trying to draw back. And we can get in all that too, as far as your poundage and things like you, you can't get away with the movements that you do with a deer, mm-hmm. you know, right. or other animals. Um, and I try to explain that to people. If you got to lower your poundage a little bit, do it. If you can get that, you know, if, if you need to draw straight back what you do and, and you, you do all this weird arm stuff while you're trying to draw back, it's not going to work for you in the turkey woods. You absolutely yeah, even, have to one fluid motion. I even yeah. say it, when you're inside a blind, it doesn't even matter it, it, whether you're in a blind or not. It is vitally important to be able to hold your bow, bow hand perfectly mm-hmm. still and draw that string, string mm-hmm. straight back to your nose. And if you can't do that, you're pulling too much weight when you're turkey hunting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Tell us a little bit. Uh, so you started, you really started hunting with a bow uh, for these turkeys before the ground blinds came out. And like I said, I, I felt like those boys at Double Bull revolutionized how it was done. So uh, how did that affect you once you, because you committed to it prior to me. I didn't commit to the bow hunting or to bow hunting turkeys until right about the time that those blinds were hitting the market. That's when I put the shotgun down pretty much for good on, on turkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I've my first turkey that I took with a bow, I took outside of a blind. But then I mm-hmm. took a ton of them in a blind. And here in recent years, I've been getting out of the blind just to try and add more challenge and, and using our bow mounted decoys and things like that. And, and adding a little bit more fun, yeah. but those blinds revolutionized it. Oh, it's a game changer. Anything you can do. And some guys, it's funny because it's almost like looked down upon now to use a ground blind. Like everyone's trying to get out of a ground blind. And for someone like me, I, I, I'm trying to get footage and you can get footage outside, but I, I run solo. Everything I do solo. I don't have a camera guy. I self film. So imagine self filming, trying to get that shot that we just talked about panning the camera because turkeys are always moving around unless you're Mm -hmm. you're you're zoomed out a little bit without that ground blind i definitely wouldn't have the footage that i that i have Um, right and what really changed it's one thing to have the ground blind but then when they started blacking out and we'll go back to you know dressed in the full black and everything when they started darkening the inside of those blinds and then you threw a head net on black gloves and a and a and a um black jacket or a sweatshirt you totally disappeared in that blind and then it was definitely a game changer um but even inside of that i've had a couple times where i'm like why did that bird spook and the sun would catch the the lens just enough to where he saw a flash of something and gone just like that and you're like i did everything right so um in and out of the blind i respect guys that, that, that kill birds outside of the blind the last bird i shot out of the blind was in uh, Mexico. We didn't use a blind. We were running and gunning and chasing uh, Gold's turkeys um, down right in Chihuahua, 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 Mexico. And that was the, I shot my uh, Gold's out of a blind and that completed my Royal Slam with a bow. And um, 
So if you can do it, if you're not worried about capturing the footage, if you have a, a bow mounted camera or something like that, I know Evan does a lot of uh, stuff with the heads up decoys and, and that's, that's some cool stuff. And, and uh, a lot of people use hide behind the decoys now and, and do that. Um, but for me personally, I, I like a ground blind. And again, it's just, I set my decoys with the ground blind at three yards now. Sure. Yeah. And I know that's crazy, yeah. but, and I can tell you this much, the last 25 to 30 birds I've shot have been under five yards with yep. my bow and other well, guys, you know, I so think it's, that there's it's something neat. to be said about it because turkeys do get shy of ground blinds for absolutely. a long time. I didn't think they did, but they absolutely do. And especially if you have a hen that has watched a couple of toms get taken out of ground blind, yep. you can right. get birds that'll flare from ground blinds. i personally feel like sometimes the closer your decoys are to that ground blind, it's a contentment decoy now. Mm-hmm. It, it shows that those decoys are, 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 well, those turkeys are standing right by that object that they're not sure about. Mm-hmm. And it tells the other ones that nothing's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Well, then you, when the popularity of ground blinds, blinds came along, then you had gun hunters using them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when that barrel is, comes out of the ground blind, I, I was just, I see yeah. that. I, I, you know, nothing against it, but it's like, I'm baffled. I'm like, why? Now I understand for a kid, you know, cause kids yeah. are, are, are that turkeys <laughs> with a kid are, are really hard. And yeah, I, I agree. Put them in a three quarter blind or a full blind, you know, just to, just to teach and learn and, and things like that to help them get a bird. But someone with experience and you're carrying a gun, you don't need to be in a ground blind. <laughs> you right. really don't. You really yeah. don't. But I can tell you this much, hunting out of a ground blind, if you're running and gunning and you're carrying a ground blind, you're carrying film equipment, you're carrying all those decoys, once you commit, you're committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you want to move, guess what? You have to pack all that stuff everything up. Everything up. So it's it's it helps in one way, but it hinders in another. And I can tell you this much, there's a lot of birds that would have died. A ton oh, of yeah. birds, more. I'd I'd be double my 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 total overall number of birds, maybe triple if I had a gun on me. So yeah, that's another thing that you have to when. And again, I keep saying, stay committed for people that want to kill a turkey with with a bow that have never done it. You you've got to stay committed. You got to be willing to to eat that tag at the end of the season, and just continue on. That's the only way you're gonna you're gonna kill a bird. Mm-hmm. So right. and I, I always tell people don't. Don't carry a gun on a bow hunt. <laughs> don't even, yeah. don't even yeah. pack one. Don't, no temptation. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, And it's, you know, and I know, you know, like you said, Danny and I both the last couple of years have really ventured out of that blind. One of my favorite things to do is have the blind, have my camera gear, have my entire blind set up, but I have that bow mounted decoy with me. And what I started doing is in some of the, the deeper timber bottoms that I'll hunt, especially early in the morning coming off those roosts is get those decoys close. And to add to that setup is I will actually take my bow mounted decoy and put it against the front of the blind as he's basically coming out of the blind just to calm him down. So I've got a, a Jake with a hen and then that strutting bow mount decoy up against the blind. Like he's there to posture and get that Jake out of there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. my first introduction to to out of the blind, uh, and it actually working. We were in South Dakota, and uh, the guy I was with was just using a fan. Yeah, That's, that was mm-hmm. uh, we had carbon matrix then. That was ten years ago. Oh yeah, we were we yeah. were crawling. We we called it crawling brawl. 
we would crawl yeah. and brawl with the turkeys and hide behind. And that's before anyone was doing it on, on YouTube or anything like that. Um, sure. the, the video that comes to mind is that Mennonite guy in a blue shirt hiding behind yeah. the, the yeah. turkey fan <laughs> with a gun. And that's the one that comes to mind. I'm like, we did that a long time ago and we never, a long time ago. you know, people were like, they thought we were crazy. And now that's, that's one of the preferred the, methods. The original. Yeah. Thing. And that's really where, you know, that method coined its phrase of fanning because there was there was no actual decoy involved it was here's yeah. a turkey i had shot and it's just, just like wa- walking. i'm just walking out with a with a shield in front of me and right it's so. like throwing a bow over your head for for a moose or caribou moose. yep i mean it's yep. right. pretty much the same thing just little 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 get, tips and tricks here yeah you get animals in the right mood they're going to come in regardless yeah so when you've got people i mean andrew i i i know personally because we've talked offline you've killed a lot of turkeys with a bow a lot um when you get people that ask you you know man what what are the key things that i need to concentrate on um you you just said you got it number one you got to be willing to eat the tag at the end of the at the end of the season if you're going to commit to using a bow but if you want to be successful or you have somebody that has gone out for a year or two and and not been successful what do you usually tell them are the are the things that they need to concentrate on and things that they might need to do a little bit differently than they do with a when they're hunting with a shotgun well, the first thing I tell guys is just stay committed. It's going to happen. You you have to continue to carry that bow. You have to continue. Uh, it, it it's hard because you'll have you'll have several birds come in, and you'll be like, if I if I only had a shotgun, if I only had a shotgun, and then guess right. what happens when they grab that shotgun? Guess what that bird does? He comes in the yeah, bow range. Presents oh, yeah. where he wanted. Yeah. And then they're like, yep. well, that doesn't mean I would have killed him. Yeah, but you don't know. You, you've you yeah. got this. And then I will ask, well, what did, what did you do? How is the bird? What's? And then it may be they're over calling. It may right. be well, you don't need to keep calling. Every time that bird gobbles, don't you don't have to call and answer him. He's going to come right. looking for you. Once he answers once, guess what? You can shut up on him and he's going to get curious. It's sure. curiosity is what's going to kill a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So I'll just dissect their hunt and, and, and ask them and then try to go from there. I mean, every turkey hunt is different. There's no, I, like deer hunting, I can tell you, hang your stand right there. And that deer is going to come by at this time because that's what my trail cameras are telling, are, are telling me. Right. With a turkey, <laughs> he could come in from behind you. He can come in from the left. He can come in from the right. He may be up on the ridge tomorrow. He may be down in a hollow, depending on the weather the next day. So there's right. no foolproof way. The only the only thing I could tell you is to continue and commit and to remember why you want to kill one with a bow. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you stay focused, that y- you will it, you can you can put you can have all you can have you can have the best hoy, you can have the proper broadheads, you can have the ground blinds, you can have everything, and you can have birds on your property. Right. But you, you walk away. I mean, last year I called in twenty five different turkeys and didn't kill one. Oh wow! Yeah, and you leave, rough. you leave there defeated, and you're like, "What yeah. did I do wrong?" Those turkeys have to get it right every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. We only have yeah. to get it right once. Yeah. And last year they got it right every time. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and you're like, "Why? What happened? What did I do?" And and 
I was a little aggressive. I, I maybe wrong calling. Maybe they were overcalled by the neighboring property. You don't know. Um, or t- maybe they've had their tail kicked a couple different times. There's, well, that's you, the you know, yep. you get if a lot you, of two and a half year old birds that don't you, want yeah. to respond. Regardless whether he's two and a half or not, any bird, you, you know, if you've got yeah. a three year old over here, there might be a two and a half year old that's kicking that two or that three well, or four year old's butt. I, um, if you remember Texas, I mean, every so many years they have a problem where you'll have you'll have a bird with hooks on it, and ten jakes will come in and and beat the crap out of them. That's and exactly he, right. And so next thing you Dude. know, it that bird comes in and never gobbles, never spitting drums, never struts because he's worried about getting beat up by the by the gang of jakes. That's and exactly I'm like, right. I'm like, if you would have just looked down and see what's on your legs, <laughs> you could yeah. win this fight. But they don't. They and yeah. they, those mature birds will will shut up. They get they get bullied off. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. something that I've been saying for years is that one turkey or one turkey is a chicken, two turkeys is a gang. Yes. And yep. I, it, a lot of times, if you have one bird, regardless of how old and dominant he is or anything like that, a lot of times a single bird will have a tendency to be a little bit more cautious. Mm-hmm. Whenever you find those two brothers that are running together, things are usually on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah. um, having to do with all this conversation, you know, what's your opinion on like a male bird in your set? What kind of set do you prefer to put out? Do you like strutting toms? Do you do you always prefer to have at least one male bird in the set? Kind of how do you approach your decoy sets? I, <clears throat> I'll run if there's if if I know there's a lot of birds in there, I will run a strutter. I don't always run a strutter because of my, it's not for lack of not wanting to use it. It's because it's so much to carry when I've got all my, when I've got all my Mm -hmm. film gear and most of the strutter decoys. Now I run all Dave Smith stuff. They don't collapse. Then you got to have the full fan on stuff. So, Mm -hmm. but moving forward, usually I'll run a uh, submissive Jake. Mm -hmm. I'll run an upright hen. And then I also like to run a breeding breeding hen or one that's that's laying down. Right. Um, more so than than not, I've had birds come in and stand right on top of that breeding breeding hen. Yeah, you know she she's ready to go, and and you know you'll have jakes that do double takes and like, is this for real? You know, yeah. and they'll and they'll they'll jump on her. So what I like to do is I like to run, like I said, the the submissive Jake. One of the things I try to tell people is birds like eye contact with other birds. So when you set that decoy up, make sure you face it towards the blind. Because mm-hmm. when that bird comes in, he's gonna circle around, and you guys know this. This the bird's gonna circle around and face that. And what that does is that exposes that if especially if he's in a strut. It gives you that full fan. You, it gives you an opportunity to, to pull back and, and draw on him without being noticed. So I I always run my jakes facing. Um, right. As far as everything else, the hens and all that stuff, uh, I'll point one in a more natural direction, and I'll put that submissive hen facing the blind as well. Um, yeah. So that way, if he, he does get into it, um, you have that uh, front shot there. You got, you know, right where that beard is, where that, where those, uh, where that breast and the feathers make that V in the front. It's a great right. aiming point between the beard and the wattle. It gives you a perfect aiming, aiming zone. And, so, you know, I've used the bedded hen a lot as well. And mm-hmm. um, it sounds like you're kind of the same way. You want that bedded hen at the range where you want to shoot. 
Like if you want a five yard shot, put that bedded hen at five yards Uh um, because a lot of times they're going to come up and they're at least going to take a look at her. Either that or come right up chest to chest with the uh, with the male bird. Um, So you're just for some of the people that might not newer turkey hunters explain what a submissive Jake is. Mm-hmm. Well, the one that I have is, is he's kind of, he wants the strut, but he, he's, he's already been beat up. So he's kind of, sh- he's kind of display a little bit for the hens, but he knows if he goes into three quarter or full strut that he's going to get his butt kicked again, basically. So right. he just wants the hens to know that he's there. Um, you know, and he's trying to be as big as he possibly can without without making the other birds uh, upset at him. Right, is be the best way that I describe it. You know, he wants to be known. He wants to, but he but he won't he won't talk. He won't display. Um, but he wants to be relevant in his own way. You know, right. And, uh, and usually that submissive uh, Jake will. Uh, you know, he'll 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 come in following the big birds as well. You know, and and you can always you can always see that. And, uh, you know, that's, and that's why when you see us, that's why I use the submissive Jake with a couple hens paired with them because the older birds are like, why does he have those hens? Right. You know, why, why is that? Oh my gosh, that submissive Jake, that Jake that I just beat up or just came on to my spot is getting ready to breed my hens. Right. You know, cause if you set that submissive Jake up right behind the, the bedded hen, it it elevates uh, <laughs> the temperature. It pisses them off big time. Yeah, and that's yeah. why. And you'll get him to come in. And I've I, I, on film, I've had birds come in and beat up that that Jake. And as soon as that thing falls over and they stomp it a few times and spur it, they'll walk right over and climb on the back of that decoy. You yeah. know, okay. and then it's okay. then you're ready to go. And that's the thing. It, it goes back to letting turkeys be turkeys and learning yeah. that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. If you don't, they, learn, they, you, you have time. Yeah, you have to enjoy yeah. the show. <laughs> so, and then that way, gauging, you know, body language, gauging their body language. So here's one of the other things that I, you know, I've, I've guided a lot of turkey hunters as well and talking them through, especially when they're bow hunting, how to tell when a, when a Tom is coming in, just gauging that bird's body language, how to tell whether you're going to have time when he gets here or whether you better shoot when he gets within range and you get your first shot opportunity. There are, there are some differences in body language. Can you talk about that a little bit and what, what a guy can look for that will possibly clue them into when they need, when they can be patient and wait a long time and when they need to be ready to shoot. Well, not only, not only when a bird's strutting and coming in, but if you watch the color of their head, that color of their head will tell you a lot about what's going on in a turkey's mind. If he's red from his waddles to the tip of his head, you know he's fired up and ticked off, and he's probably going to be more in a sprint than a strut. Um, but if he's he, if he's uh, a full red, white, and blue, and, and and strutting, you'll have some time to sit back and relax and and figure out what you're going to do with him. Um, right. You know, and then I've seen him full white faced as well. Also, the snood. <laughs> yes. The, this, yeah, it'll grow. <laughs> that and that they, snood and they, when it when it really so, and lengthens and drops down. Yeah, and it's not, and they don't really have an explanation for why it does that. But I no. think it's temperature. I mean, I think it's 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 their demeanor. I think that's mm-hmm. what, yes. what causes it. Because when that snood retracts and it's teeny, guess what? They're you better be. Better you ready. better be. Yeah, you bet. Yep. Their feathers will drop in the back, and that yep. snood will get teeny, and you better you better figure it out. 
real fast. You better it's be funny ready too, to because I can just picture that too. How many times I've been busted, and all of a sudden that bird's in full strut, and he just sees something he doesn't like, drops strut, and his head comes up, and all of a sudden color changes, and that snoo just retracts, and boom, and it's like, okay, yep. done. Yep. Either, it's it's either now it or really it's not is. It's it's an external thermometer. It really is. Yeah. Yep. Between that and you, you, Brooks Johnson was the one that taught me that um, that snood when it hits the the small point, and then their wings. When, as soon as they flip the wing and feather up on top yep. of their back, mm-hmm. when you see them put their wings on top of their back, it is it, they're leaving. They're leaving. Yes. It is done. And rarely do they change their mind once they flip those no. wings up on their back. No. And you better shoot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, if you have a shot, I should say. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's funny because we're just like we're talking about the the more often you see them coming in and the more time you you have in front of turkeys, the better you get at at gauging that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard to do watching videos because the videos have been edited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And a lot of times you don't get to see that entire process of the bird coming in. You're just seeing the final parts of it. Right. Um, Fun parts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but there is a lot it, you can pick up from watching video. Too. And, and sometimes, sometimes I'd rather a bird just show up and, and be like, where did he come from? Then have him 200 yards away and watch him have to come all the way in. And then that eats me up. Like, then I'm yes. like, is he going to come? Is he going to do it? Do I need to do any more? And then you, all that runs through your mind. And that's when I start getting, I actually have to look down and not watch him anymore. Because <laughs> it's yeah. just hit record. And <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, sometimes I'd rather him just come right in. I'm like, where did he come from? And then it's it's game on. But when you have sure. a lot of time to think, you can enjoy it but and learn a lot. But at the same time, it's you got to get your emotions in check, too, because it's going to eat you up. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the other things that I often talk to uh, guys that are bow hunting turkeys about is is shot selection and and shot placement. Um, Absolutely. What is what are, do you have a way of really explaining to somebody where they want to aim on a turkey? Because a, a turkey morphs his body position when he goes from feeding, when he goes from standing yes. just straight upright into half strut and full strut. The mm-hmm. body in there morphs inside of all of those feathers and explaining to somebody where that point is that they yeah. want to be aiming at is difficult. How do you, how would you sum it up? Well, when the bird struts, you got about three inches of back feather and the breast drops. So it makes it look like you have a giant vital area. And this is one of the things that I try to teach everybody. The, the most important thing is not your calling. It's not your setup. It's shot placement because you can get an arrow in a bird and still lose them. So what I like to do is I like to aim where those, where those three bones come together. A lot of guys, I, I'll just tell you what I like to do. Okay. With, with remembering all the feathers on its back up, you got three inches there. The breast drops right in the center of that. The three bones come together, and they actually make up a little aiming point where the, where the wing bone is. Mm-hmm. I like to aim for the wing bone. I they always say, uh, you know, if you aim high, watch them die; hit them low, watch them go. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys like to shoot lower and take the legs out because they can't fly without without their legs, which really isn't. You're still going to do I a follow not, up. I am I am not a fan of that. No, but no, it's 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 it, what I rather it, just put it. Put it into the vitals. Mm, um, yeah. 
But another thing that people don't realize, I mean, if you're going to body punch them, a lot of guys don't want to head shoot them because they're they're afraid that they're going to miss or, you know, I can't hit the head. Or what they don't potentially a lot of movement as they're coming in, checking things out. And that head bobs, even even when you're talking to, you know, gobbler guillotine or a bullhead or whatever that that four inch cutting diameter is like that head is constantly in motion when they're in checking out their surroundings and attacking and pecking at your decoy well and i'll tell you i have when i when i lay and i'll get back to the shot placement when i have everything set up inside my blind i start with a a uh, bullhead i start with a with a something that i can decap them with laying right beside me i have a i have a mechanical Mm-hmm. Depending on that bird's demeanor and the way he's acting, if he's bobbing and he's not coming in slow and strutting and has that head tucked, I won't even I won't even try a headshot. Some guys don't care; they commit. <laughs> there's that word right. commit. Some guys right. commit and and they do that. But then there's times where I've switched arrows and getting ready to body punch them, and all of a sudden they go, they just spit and drum and go back into strut, and I'm like. Where's my headshot? You know, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. It's, it's, it's about the video for me and, and doing something different. But what guys don't realize when that neck and that head are compressed and they're in full strut, that is the same size as their vitals, which is covered by five, six thousand feathers. So I tell guys like if practice, shoot that if you can shoot that head because you have an exposed vital that's out there for you and it gives you a great aiming point. Then this black, I don't want to say blob, but this black right. area where you're trying to figure out where, where to lay the pin, mm-hmm. right. you know, trying to hit something beneath those feathers, you know, right. and then that's, and if you are going to body punch, I would say get the biggest cutting diameter you can. So that way it helps with margin of error. Cause you can be off yeah. either mm-hmm. way and still slice the vitals. Um, but for me, I, I prefer the headshot because if you miss him, he's good to go. And he usually doesn't know what happened. Mm-hmm, right. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times if he's aggressive, you can get another arrow knocked. And right. I'm that guy, I'm that guy. It's like, oh, I just missed with the head. All right. I'm going to put an end to this. I'll body punch him, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, are, are your, is your mechanical, is it a two blade large cut or is it a three blade? I, Right now, I'm using. I'm still holding on, and I just keep buying replacement blades. I'm using a three blade uh, NAP gobbler getter. Okay, and it's got um, it's got a round instead of like a chisel tip or a cut on contact tip. It's, it actually has like a bullet tip on it, mm-hmm. and what that does, it it doesn't penetrate as far, but it delivers and transfers that kinetic energy into that bird and about picks him up off his feet when you hit him with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm still using a smaller diameter. I haven't jumped to the big three inch, four inch cutting diameter uh, broadheads because I'm more looking and just with my experience, I know where to aim because I've, I've shot at so many birds. So I'm more looking on precision shots than marginal shots and hoping that I, that I hit him in his vitals. Um, I would encourage people though, until you get to that point, it's to your advantage to shoot a, a larger cutting diameter because again, it's going to make those it's going to make those marginal shots uh, deadly. So yeah. I would never yeah. discourage. Uh, you know, like I have, it's what I've been using all these years, and um, but there's so many different broadheads out there now that are designed for turkeys. Um, 
that I would that I would say go to to try to find the widest cutting. It doesn't matter if it's two blades, three, but you're going to get better penetration with a two blade wide cut than you will three blades. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, any broadhead would work. But go with go with go with as wide as you can on a turkey if you're going to body shoot them. I I I agree with that, and uh, you know, shooting them in the head with the with the bullhead or with the old gobbler guillotine or anything like that i've done it a few times one of the Mm -hmm. uh, the first time that i ever did it um i shot at this bird and i did it happened so fast that i didn't even see the head leave you know what i mean (laughs) like it was it it just exploded into this you know ball of feathers that like they do and when i walked over there to it and that head was laying four like four feet behind the bird on the ground and i was just like oh my gosh i mean it's it's something (laughs) that every bow hunter ought to do for me personally i got to the point where there was i i i did it several times and it's almost like i scratched that itch Uh and there was there was too many times where I did not get that still headshot that I wanted. And it, yeah, you could put one right there next to you, just like you do, you know, have it ready to go so that you kind of choose your arrow based upon what the turkey does when he comes in. But I got to the point where I was like, heck with it, I'm just going to shoot him in the body. But <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing it again if I set yeah. out that day to to try and do it. But it is, it's, it's something like yeah. As bad as it sounds, as yeah. bad as it sounds, that that head just pops right off. I mean, it, mm. oh. and they have they have it's like it's automatic lights out, and they just yeah, you know. But the the thing is with those with those broadheads, you know, depending on what grain you get, some range from three inches to four inches. And here's the thing: you have three or four inches left or right, top or bottom, to be yeah. off to clip a bird in its head. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And when you have that bird sitting, you know, at five ten yards. You know, I've seen guys pop them out to 20, but that's a big margin of error that you can get away with. Right. And it, it can be done. And it's, and you know, I've talked several people into doing headshots and they're like, I'm not going to go back. You know, that's, yeah. It, yeah. It, it does, you, it's, it's lack of confidence is what it is. And you, you shouldn't have that lack of confidence. Yeah. Right. You know, well, just, and with something that big, especially again, with that head being so vital to that bird, it's either dead bird or it's just fine. That's it. That's it. It's, it's, it's a hit or miss thing. Hit or miss. Yeah. And Dude. if you miss, he's either going away or he's going to give you another opportunity because they don't know what happens. I mean, I sit, I take, uh, I take water, water bottles and set them up on my regular targets and I just pop water bottles. That's how I practice with it. Mm-hmm. You know, some yeah. people shoot, shoot into jeans. Some people, I, I you the know, the old shoot into, pillow with a dot yeah, on it. That's right. Yeah. That, that's it. Whatever, <laughs> yep. whatever it took. And, you know, a lot of these companies have replacement blades. And like I said, I like to, I like to shoot into bottles because it, it gives the effect and it splashes everywhere and it's whatever. But, you know, I, I like headshots. Um, yeah, I really do. I do. I like yeah. it because I like something to aim at. Yeah. The only thing that I hate about a headshot is that when the, turkeys down on the ground when i take photos of a turkey one of the coolest parts on that turkey is the head and <laughs> taking a yeah. photo of a decapitated turkey <laughs> is just it's a lot harder Trust i have me, actually yeah. there's been a couple of times Safety where pins. i laid the head <laughs> back in front of the body and kind of covered up where the cut was with with feathers so that you could take a pretty cool looking picture of the turkey 
you well, know. And then, mm-hmm. and that's the thing when you when we harvest an animal, the next step is taking those pictures for for Hoyt. And I've thought about that. I was like, there's no way they can't use this bird. I've even no. photoshopped heads back on birds <laughs> because I'm like, this is a killer picture. But the problem is he's missing a little something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's exactly so. Right. And that's what. And then, but again, that's when you're required to submit some pictures and. You know, you got to do what you got to do. But, um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I, the headshots are good. The, the biggest thing you were asking me of how I would describe, you know, aiming on a turkey. You need to aim at that upper one third of the bird. I yep. On some of the, 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 the anatomy videos I've done, I did one for Hoyt on shot placement and all that. Um, and people can go on YouTube. I believe it's still up there that they can watch. Um I always tell people to to draw a line from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet, straight line if they're in the upright position. And you draw another line through the lower part of the body and then the upper part. Well, where the Mm -hmm. vertical and upper third line come together, draw a little circle. That's where you aim. And usually it falls into where that wing butt is. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the the lungs on a turkey um, are pushed against the backbone if you you learn turkey anatomy so their vitals are pushed way up uh, against their backbone so you you got to aim a little higher than what you than what you normally would and that's why i was some of these i'll, I'll take pictures of shooting into different targets the mckinney mckinsey's or reinhardt's and i'll post some people like you're way off on your anatomy you missed the 12 wing i'm like listen if you know where the vital where the vitals sit on a real bird you'll understand right. that i just drilled them in the vitals yeah those right. those you know? scoring rings are not where you want to hit a bird in no, the field. no absolutely no. not and no. you can tell me whether you agree with this or not andrew but this was the method that i came up with for explaining it to ter- guys that i was guiding um just because some of them literally showed up and they they weren't sure i would show them a couple pictures and just say show me where you'd aim on this bird and they would point to the wrong spot Uh you know so when i was trying to explain it to them i would say okay just like you said divide that turkey's body into thirds vertically Uh and i don't care whether he's feeding and he's his his feathers are collapsed or whether he's in full strut whatever that form is divided into thirds and the top third line is where you want to hit now for the vertical line even if you can't see where his legs are you you have an idea of where they are Mm -hmm. and if you think that you can see both legs or you, you you basically try to put your arrow between the legs and hit on the top two thirds line yes and in 99 percent of the uh of the of the time, 99% of the positions, that's a perfect hit. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it, that's, that's the best way that I've yeah. passed the arrow between the legs on the top two thirds line. Yeah. Cause some of those old birds, those bigger farm birds have a lot of breast meat and it hangs mm-hmm. low. Yeah. And you, when you get in a breast, you're not doing anything. And that, mm-hmm. that bird's eventually going to die. He's going to get gangrene and, and go off. And, oh, yeah. But you're not you're not going to roll him over right there. And you'll be like, it was a perfect shot. And it, it wasn't a perfect shot. Right. Yeah. You know, it might have looked like one. Yeah. And then as far as like a bird facing away from you, if you want to get into some shot placement stuff, uh, we discussed if a bird's facing you between the beard and the waddle where the, where yep. the V comes together. Um, a bird uh, standing walking away from you or looking away from you you have about 22 inches from head to tailbone four inches on each side Mm -hmm. you know to get it you want to get up in that chest cavity 
And uh, so there's your margin of error there. On the front, mm-hmm. definitely, if you're sh- back to the front shot, if you're below the beard, you you stand a chance of not getting into that chest cavity. So always try to right. stay above the always try to stay above the beard. Um, and if he's in right. full strut looking away from you, I mean, you got a marker right there. Um, yeah, you know, hit him in the vent. You know, put your pin right there and, and go shoot straight up through him. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at your Instagram page right now, and mm-hmm. I see one of your uh, one of your little diagrams on where to aim on a full strut dirt turkey. Uh-huh. And yes. for those of you listening that want to see it, just Andrew's Instagram page is uh, Gone Wild Outdoors, and uh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, Gone Wild yep. Outdoors, and um, and if you just scroll down through his feed, you're going to see a couple of different turkeys on there where he has put diagrams on where to aim on these things. And those, those diagrams can really help out when you're out in the field. Yeah. And I'll be and as we get, we're, we're in Turkey season now, but as we start pushing closer to, to more of the States opening, um, I'll have some more current stuff up for people to, to look at. And, right. um, I, I mean, I used to, I used to print pictures like that out and carry them with me. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to remind myself. Yep, you know, because yep. you, you 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 don't know until you sh- until you shot a shot a few of them. Yep, um, that's exactly right. So here's another key question: mm-hmm. when you have when you when you have a shot on a bird that was you know was marginal, or you have the bird runs off, and or you can tell he's just not going down. What's your opinion on jumping out and chasing birds? What? How do you? How do you usually react when a bird isn't hit well? What do you do? Personally, I, and I've seen it go both ways. Yep. I, I marked the last place where he went into the woods or where I last saw him. I leave him. I let him. Yes. I let him go. I so many people run out there. I think what happened, and you can correct me or agree or disagree. I think a lot of times when you shoot a bird and he starts flopping around, people run out there to get him up off the ground because they want to mount him. They don't want they don't want anything to happen to his feathers, and they want to keep him pristine. Right. Um, but I think running and chasing after a bird just pushes him further. And if he can get a little air underneath his wings, he's gone, gone forever. I absolutely agree. Yep. You are not going to find him. When it comes to bow hunting, if that bird runs off into the brush or if he looks like he's getting his feet after he does that initial flop and then he jumps up and he gets his feet, do not jump out of that blind. (laughs) Like, stay still. They usually don't know what happened. Mark where he went in and give him time just like you would a big game animal. A lot of times you've made you you've you've wounded him pretty good. There might be some hemorrhaging that's happening and you need to allow that time, you know, for it to take effect. And then when you go in there to that last spot that you heard that you saw him, you sneak in there quietly. You have an arrow knocked and ready to go. And you're looking under brush piles or anywhere where they could tuck in. They like to bury themselves when they're injured. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's just something that I've watched a lot of people do, and it drives me bananas. Because just like you said, if they get air under their wings when you start chasing them, mm-hmm. you're done. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, too, is when a turkey gives up the ghost, he's going to start flopping and carrying on. Yeah. And you, if yep. you're quiet and it's a still day, you can hear him dying. 
You, yep. you know, and if you have another tag in your pocket <laughs> and he's not right. too far out of range, right? It's a really good attractant well, for another bird. I've killed, yeah. yeah. I mean, I in South Dakota where you got a stack of tags, I've shot one bird, he rolls over and lays there, and guess what? All the other birds come in and they it, it they jump on him and start beating him up. It's time because mm-hmm. guess what? yeah (laughs) they're doing what they what he did to them earlier and uh you can it's like evan said you're ready to go you can shoot a second one right there if you have the tags and he's go ahead i say my first experience with that was actually the the first bird i shot with a decap type broadhead and he came in on my right side in a real thick heavy fog but he'd come down behind me and circled all the way back around and i dumped him at 11 yards right on top of my decoy and it was a good enough shot like there was there was no flop there was nothing he hit the dirt and that was it and i was just sitting there in amazement because i had driven eight hours straight through to get to this spot set up in the dark no sleep so i was just gonna take a nap because he's on the ground and about two to three minutes later that secondary convulsion hit and he just started flopping and making all kinds of rackets and i was like okay maybe now he's dead and i look up and all of a sudden here comes two more birds up out of that bottom and they are beaten feet mean walking in right. and i filled both tags in less than six minutes yeah well would it would yeah. it primos made that one one decoy that you pull the string and it flaps its wings and stuff like that to, yeah that's basically representing a dying bird Yep, that's exactly right. And it and just turkeys it, are it triggers turkeys are vicious. Yeah, oh man, they, they are. are. I mean, <laughs> I I have chickens. We have we we have fresh eggs all the time. So it, it, chickens are the exact same way. Um, they are vicious animals, and they they have absolutely no sympathy or empathy. No. And mm-hmm. if they, it could be their best buddy that they've been running with. All, all summer long, mm-hmm. or I mean, all all winter long, and they separated and they're running together during the spring and everything. If that bird shows any sign of weakness, they will pound them. Yes. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's comical. I watched a uh, one of those double bull videos on on the ground videos. They had a guy that was hunting, and this is back in the early two thousands. They had a guy that was hunting down in Texas, and he had four tags, and literally he had a bird come in he shot him dead right there you know 10 yards in front of the blind it started flopping another bird came he shot him another bird came he shot all four of his birds in in two minutes with them just attacking the other ones that were dying in front of him it was it was i've never had anything like that happen for me of course but uh it it was pretty amazing yeah but especially especially early season when they're still grouped up like that uh nebraska south dakota you get those huge winter flocks you dump one bird out of there just get your next arrow ready yeah 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 so um last thing just like i talked about uh in the beginning of the podcast i wanted to ask you about taking photos of turkeys uh like mm-hmm. uh success photos um sure. field photos uh, do you have any secrets for people after they have a dead turkey on the ground how to make that turkey look cool how to you know produce a, a really cool looking trophy photo um i basically just carry a small kit with me I carry mm-hmm. uh some napkins to jam in the bird's mouth 
keep the blood from running out. Um, paracord is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, um, a photo fan. It's a turkey photo fan that actually holds the fan open. And there's some other companies that make different ones. And I'll attach that to the fan. But get it up off the ground. Get that fan open. Display it. Um, make that bird a center of the attention, you know? Yeah. Not so much not yeah. so much you, you know. Be be proud yeah. of that bird. <laughs> Clean them up. Um I tell guys if they're wearing a hat, try to tilt that hat back a little bit or use light to your advantage or turn the flash on even on a sun, you know, even mainly on a sunny day. Turn that flash yeah. on to to brighten areas. Uh all the photo tricks that you would do before, but just think outside of the box, you know, get off the tailgate <laughs> and yeah. uh, sh- show that bird in his, in his natural uh, environments, you know. And that's that's one of the things that's actually helped me to have more pictures posted and used by companies is just yeah. taking that extra taking that extra minute um, to be proud of that, to be proud of that turkey and, and display it. Um, yeah. get, you know, get your equipment in there. It doesn't have to, you don't have to change 10 different hats, but, um, you know, just, just show your bow, get the bird up off the ground. If you want, put them on a rock, however you want to do, you know, open that fan up, clean the bird up, get all the blood off that you can. Um, cause there's been some fantastic pictures, but too much blood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, do your best to clean it. Even the bird, even a turkey bleeds, (laughs) you know, what what wipes are your friend. And Evan yeah. will tell you, Evan, Evan can explain that's, that's what I do, but Evan's one of the people that review photos that they're going to use and he can tell you what they're looking for, you know? And cause guys are like, why didn't they use my picture? I'm like, well, probably because you're sitting on a tailgate with <laughs> yeah. a can of yeah. beer sitting to the side get, and a skull get, dip in your mouth. Get the you vehicles yeah. out unless that's part of the scene. And, and, and honestly, guys, look at, look at Andrew's instagram page at gun wild outdoors utilizing the terrain and the environment that that bird is in to really showcase the hunt itself um yeah you know andrew's got a bunch of photos on there where he's utilized you know an old ford or an old chevy that was on the property i've got a lot of places there like that even with old combines or old farm implements Mm -hmm. themselves whether they're discs or rakes or anything like that 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 i like to use as well you know anything that kind of describes that environment and just wet wipe my, it up. My number one picture ever used, I won two photo contests. It was in a truck calendar. I, I don't know which, I'm sure they use it for November or spring, whatever one. But my number one picture was on an old, and you'll probably remember this picture, Evan. It was on an old farm truck in Kansas. The thing was surrounded by trees. We had to use saws, Farmer let us borrow saws. We cut down so many trees to reveal that old truck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we got the truck exposed, cut all these trees down to get it. And then I took paracord and hung him from the, uh, from the door. And then, um, you know, from the front of the truck and posed down beside it, killed filled my two tags. And that picture was the most used picture I've ever taken. And it took us probably two hours to clean that, clean that up. But I was so in love with that old truck. And yeah. it and it's still my favorite picture to this day. It's We've, funny you say that, but that's the effort that I go to. And people are like, "Well, that's crazy." Well, it's not. It's it's if you put that time and energy into that hunt, it's yeah. a memory that you can save. And like I said, I've had more people reach out because of that picture and remember that picture. It's 
so we've got we've got one that's like that on one of the main properties that we hunt and my brother killed a big buck a couple years ago that we've been after for four years and that image came to mind because we shot that buck on the property with that old beat up ford and i was like do we need to get this deer tagged we need to get him all the way to the other end of this property and we actually did the same thing and propped him up and had him right next to that old ford because that was the image that came to mind was your turkey shot that's neat <laughs> yeah yeah okay. i've always felt like the, the the hardest thing for people to do is especially the first time that they've ever really tried to take a good picture uh turkey picture is to spread that fan yeah. and you like you were talking about there's a couple products out there that are available that help you but you can do it with your thumb and pinky finger or ring finger yeah but it you it, that's the number one most important thing to me when taking a turkey success photo is you've got to get that fan displayed yeah and and get kind of a lower angle um just so that they can they can see that entire thing and uh it, it, the, also you mentioned a fill flash yes uh on turkeys when you use a fill flash in especially whenever it is whether there's direct sunlight or not that fill flash brings out those iridescent colors in those right. turkey feathers right and they it just makes a, a tremendous difference and and i like how I, I personally feel like turkeys are some of the most photogenic um uh prey animals that we pursue you know and i i, I love it when somebody takes the time to to create a really nice photo and you i'm just sitting here looking through your instagram page uh as as we're talking you have a talent you you're you're very good with a camera thank you um appreciate that and and honestly uh, as i've been flipping through here too i've seen some other diagrams that you've posted on here that are actual anatomy shots that are as good as any of the anatomy shots that i've ever seen anywhere and for for turkey bow hunters that is vitally important to understand that anatomy. Um, and I'm assuming that you're probably going to put some things like that up on your uh, Instagram page as we get closer to the season here again this year. So people don't have to. Yeah, go every back year. Your old yeah, posts. every year I, I end up doing that just to. For, to help people out and it's it's requested all the time guys are like where's that where's that anatomy video because i used to do seminars for the nwtf i'd go down to the conventions and that was the thing that i spoke on was bow hunting turkeys and shot placement uh, yeah so i will have uh new content up for guys um and you can actually even direct message me and i'll send you full res pictures of it if you want to print it out or however you want to do it but th it'll be there for people and that's the one thing that i want to help people with is uh not to um miss not i, I want right. them i want them to hit those vitals i want them to be successful um i, yeah. I could talk an hour time isn't even enough to, to scratch the surface on bow hunting turkeys um yeah but i'd be more willing to help anyone with any questions they have uh at any time for sure well hit andrew up um so 2021 what are your plans where are you going hopefully we don't get covid cancellations this year what what do you got on the agenda well, um, I have a, a career milestone coming up. I am heading to uh, I'm heading to the Yucatan to finish my oh, world goodness. world slam with a bow. So wow. um, that'll that'll put a uh, a cap on something that I've been trying to do for a number of years. Last year, I was supposed to be there in COVID. We were actually at the airport when. Uh, 
President Trump at the time closed the borders. And um, right. so we didn't get to go. And, oh. you know, so that was <laughs> it's, it's funny because the outfitters like, I don't think this is ever going to happen for you. I was like, no, it's going to happen. We got it. So we worked it out. And uh, everyone will see that once I get done. You know, I'll post pictures once I get back and uh, and we're going to film it. So I have that. So um, that's that's the oscillated turkey that yeah, you're that's, hunting down yep, there. Yeah, that's that's in the Yucatan jungle. They're they're in basically in the peacock family. Um, they're yeah. con- they're considered uh, turkeys. They're one of the one of the uh, six that right. that go towards uh, the slam. You know, you have yep. you have the grand slam, and you can get the golds here in Arizona. Um, yeah, but you can go to Mexico to get the golds as well. So those that's your four, and then your five. So you have your Grand Slam, your Royal Slam, and then your World Slam. So yeah, um, that and you're, the, for anybody listening that isn't sure what an oscillated looks like, they're the ones that they like. He's talking about their their tail feathers, their fan almost looks like a mix between a peacock and uh, and a turkey. Yes, and, um, and I'm trying to think the Spanish name for eye, but they got the name oscillated because of the fan looking like an eye. Uh, like on, eyes on, on the, the end feather. Of the feather. Yes. Yeah. They are definitely the pretty. their heads are real. They're, they're, they're blue-headed, aren't yes, they? they? And, yep. and they've got almost wart looking things on yeah. their heads they're di- they're they're different looking they look like a cross between a, a turkey and a peacock and most people when they first see them like oh that's a nice peacock you shot there <laughs> you know but it's uh yeah it's definitely yeah. part of it and uh it's it's only un- it's unique to to south america it's in guatemala and the yucatan and campeche those are the places you can kill them it's kind of like the osceola in florida it's very isolated um right so it's 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 a unique bird to to kill and and uh i'm anxious to get down there and see some of the mine ruins and and things like that so that's just going to be uh a dream come true i've been trying to do this for a long time um just again a personal goal for of mine and then i'll hunt local i've got four or five states here Again, you know, depending on what happens with COVID, uh, it's yeah. just it's a, it's a strange time. It's put it's kind of put a hurt on a lot of things. Um, but I'll chase I'll I'll chase a couple of different species of birds, and then of course here in Maryland, I'll I'll be after them. Right, right. Well, terrific, man. It's been great talking to you, Andrew. Yeah, um, I appreciate you guys having me. I again, I if I could just leave this with people, you know, the main thing again, I'm going to go back to that staying committed. If you want to yeah. kill a bird with a bow, you got to stay focused and just do it. You, if you can call a bird in with a gun, you can kill him with a bow. And just remember yeah. that. Don't get discouraged. You know, don't don't give up. Don't don't have in your mind I could have done it with a gun. You, you're going to do it. You just right, got to you right. got to commit to it. And once you once you accomplish it, you're not going to want to pick a gun up again. I mean, I shouldn't yeah. say that because I do miss <laughs> seeing a turkey's head well, with a shotgun. There's, but there's, there's some guys that just, for whatever reason, they just enjoy that thrill yeah. of shooting them in the in the face. I like it because you get to see so much more. You do, you, just like you were talking about. Usually, you get a bird come in there the first time he sticks his head up with a shotgun. Boom! Wham. It's yep. it's it's over. And with a bow, it. Uh, it just seems like it it lasts longer um and y- you're it's just a different experience I, and they, I, they I truly not- they are the hardest animal I, I me personally i think they're one of the hardest to kill with a bow 
I, I really do. Yeah. But once you've done it you, and you know how to do it um, and you realize it can be done, I'd say just stick with it. You know, and an well, extent the main thing is it extends your archery season. You know, that's exactly you right. Get to, yep. You get to continue to bow hunt. No excuses. It's not, <laughs> it's not over so fast. Well, man, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, Andrew. Uh, for anybody that wants to look Andrew up, uh, check him out on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really active. I'm really active on there. So please, definitely, anything you yeah. guys need, just direct message me. I'll help you out with any any questions. And uh, look right, for man. look for future posts of the uh, the vitals and diagrams. They'll be on there. Well, we appreciate it, Andrew. You take care of yourself, and we'll see everybody uh, uh, on down the trail. Yes, sir. Thank you.